0: On 7.295 megahertz 41 <laughs> And a very good evening to you. Well I should say good morning. It's good evening over in this part of the world, but I should say good morning to you, those people waking up in America. My name is Brian Duggle, and this is Radio Australia, the overseas service of the Australian Broadcasting Commission. We're calling listeners in the United States of America and Canada on 7.295 MHz, 41.15 metres, and 9.58 megahertz, 31.32 metres. It's a quarter past nine on Thursday evening, the 5th of September for 1974. Our spring, your autumn. Now here's a summary of the programme to be heard in this transmission. Times given are American Eastern Time. Just a moment, we have Dennis Gibbon singing for us. Australian news at seven thirty, followed by Australian newsreel at seven forty-two. Then we have editorial opinion. World of music at two minutes past eight. At eight fifteen, the stock exchange report. And then we have more from the world of music at twenty past eight. There'll be a further news broadcast from Australia at half past eight, and then at eight forty-five who say goodbye to listeners in the east Coast areas of North America and Canada. Now it's time for Alpha's program. The springtime is going over go the season When you will see them in drool To the west which we see through the season I'll the chat of the coast With a raggedy flag on I tell you with Let's see how we travel Hello, once again, this is David Gibbons with a program of traditional Australian folk songs, songs about the on our hearing days of this vast 3 million square mile continent. It's a big country, Australia, and I'm broadcasting this program from literally the heart of the continent. The right center, it's called Alice Springs. And although usually the sun is shining in Alice Springs, they've only got 35 rainy days a year. I happen to be here on one of those rainy days. And they've had a very wet season up here. And looking out the window of the radio station, I'm looking at the McDonald Ranges, which are usually red. Now they're green, uh, the wreckage's in bloom, and all the flowers are out. Beautiful wildflowers everywhere, and it's quite a, quite a pretty sight out the window. When you come to Central Australia, you realise just how recent the history of Australia is. by that I mean that this country has only literally been settled for about half a century. The pioneers still live in the town. One of the earliest pioneers uh, has now risen to be the administrator of the Northern Territory. He came here as a young boy, he worked the property of 1,200 square miles, literally with his bare hands, he used to ride into Alice Springs, by camels or horse, when he came into town for shopping and supplies. And now, as I say, he is the administrator of the Northern Territory. He's a great man. His name is Jack Nelson. And he's one of the many pioneers in this country. One of the uh, great friends of mine owns the largest motel in the town. Appropriately enough, it's called the Oasis, and that it really is. But Bernie Kilgariff started also as a young lad, carrying airstrips for the Cornell and Airways. local Conair, the local airline here, and he lived out in the scrub, and he uh, cleared airstrips by towing uh, a dray, dray wheel ramps, steel dray wheel runs behind a Rolls Royce chassis, uh, right out in the scrub, knocking down the, the stunted growth and making these airstrips for outback uh, travel. I want to tell you about one of the most exciting things that happened in this area just on 102 years ago, and that was the construction of a telegraph wire from darwin to adelaide which resulted in the southern parts of australia being linked with the rest of the world but let's start with the and i think it's can really well yeah. we should start with a carving song because, because we're right in the heart of cattle country although so this is about queensland drovers, the, the songs apply to anywhere farewell and the dew to europe's birthday farewell to walk. with all our and our we yes, hope we shall see you again little love. We'll run old we'll and we'll roar, and roll we we get back to the auger bell. to and the old well, first camp we make, we'll it. make it, we'll fall in the car The A vulture and children are coming to the park. We fill up the stone house for a fire to the park. At 30, next morning, we cross the black box. We'll rush and we'll roar, like we'll through a green We'll rush and we'll roar, and through a green blend Until we get back to the other mellow station. and dry goin' in the old green blend room. On the old black, yellow man, green yeah. man There that will lay down a camp for the day the water and grass of a plenty of good land And the life of the dream, merry and gay. We'll rest in the winter, like through, queen's we'll we'll been proven Rest in will roar as one with people Till we get back to the overpilot station Where the dry goods is. fuel That heart did township change for the out-of-work station I'm in the dust and The shears get shorn by Tim the Contractor I don't want to go there, but I flamin' well much Rustin' will roar like true wings of gold Rustin' will roar on onward we push Till we get back to the autofill station Flamin' right to us in the old wamer bush the girls of Tomancy, they look so entrancy Young, falling heifers, just out for their fun Folks from the park, it's just a wonderful dancing And they'll burn the dealer of jacks at the gun We'll rap and we'll roar, like a sweep of droves Ranking, we'll roar, as fun when we push Till we get back to the autopilot, let's go dry girls in the old green glad bush and drink to our laps, drink break the town dry, and a farewell to all. And when we get back to the old affoled station, hope that you'll come here and dance with all. We'll write and we'll roar like two queens of roses. And, we'll and we'll roar and send the a push. And till we get back to the old affoled station, and play with the dry colors and the old queens of as I said, with a, a Queensland song uh, relating to a lot of towns in Queensland. It's funny to drive through those areas today because with reasonably good roads and the modern motor car, uh, you can go through all those towns in a matter of a couple of hours because the droving stages were about 8 to 12 miles a day. That was all they could travel with their cattle. And those towns, of course, aren't uh, very far apart because they became the stopping over places for many of the droving and 8-9 uh, miles can be covered fairly quickly Today, of course I said I was going to tell you about uh, the Overland Telegraph the Attraction of the single-wire telegraph must go down as one of the tide-turning feats of the Australian pioneers Unlike road or railway construction gangs, the Overland Telegraph men had uh, no quick paths of retreat Flood, drought and the harshness of the Australian outback had to be faced whether or not Nearly 2,000 miles of telegraph lines had to be laid over country that was virtually unexplored. The work was divided into three sections, and it had to be finished in what, over 18 months. The workers had to be fed and provided for in places that are remote even today. In the north, the climate was hot and muddy. Flies and mosquitoes made life hell. The flower was dirty and full of weevils, and the rice was alive of tiny grass. When the wet season came, and that's in the summer of course, here, the creeks overflowed and became rivers. The rivers, boggy swamps. Supply wagons were unable to get through, and it eventually became impossible to erect the posts for the telegraph wire. The wire was only a single wire, line. In the south, the big problem was the lack of timber. Thousands of posts had to be transported hundreds of miles across the barren countryside. In a world where telegraph wires are giving way to high-frequency radio and signals bounced on stationary satellites, it's hard to imagine that just 102 years ago, Australia was separated from the rest of the world by not only geographical placement and the ability of ships of the day to traverse the globe, but by just about every other way. It took even the fastest steamships two months to bring news of happenings in Europe or the British Isles to Australia. Naturally, that a return trip took twice as long. So, uh, a letter written away and answered would be something like four months at length. So in 1872, a line which could transmit telegraph messages at the speed of light was considered to be a modern miracle. Samuel Morse had invented the electric telegraph in 1840. not mm-hmm. long before the fence leader, the business world and the press, were quick to realize the advantages of instant communications. Australia's first telegraph line was constructed in 1854, and it ran a few miles between Williamstown and
1: Melbourne. There
0: were oh, yeah. the state links, all submarine telegraph cables snaked around the world,
1: Australia remained a
0: man outpost. Communication was the start of the ships of the day and that meant time wasting and frustrating delays. On the 22nd of August uh, 1972, that's a couple of years ago, this town Alice Springs celebrated the centenary of the linking of Australia to the rest of the world via what we now call the Overland Telegraph. This is a country of great distances, communications, paramount, and the Overland Telegraph provided not only the links of neighbouring towns, interstate cities and the rest of the world, but an important thing was that it provided a guideline for the explorers to help them the vast, state in our state they remember that the country at the time was virtually unexplored. So, if you travelled across the continent, after the 22nd of August 1872, you had to strike the overland stainless, and that gave you a gun. By the way, the uh, springs just north of Alice Springs are named after the wreck Charles King, who is postmaster general, and he was the conceitual of the link across Australia, that was to changed the course of history communication is still a problem here in the outback of Australia because of the distances. The average size of my station properties here would be, I uh, suppose, around about four miles. Some of them go up to 2,000, some of them larger. And that's kind the big area of land The country is fairly dry. It's subject to drought. It's a long period of drought. Usually it might only rain once a year. Uh, it's about nine, that year, that, yeah, two years without rain, and the droughts have lasted a lot longer than that. So, communication is by shortwave radio. That's essentially the way that everyone communicates on the outside. Basically, they talk to each other, uh, they can ring the doctor and consult you. The children go to school by radio from the school of the air, and radio is a very important part of life here. This program is the landline back to the Radio station Studios in Melbourne over 1,500 miles of landmine, because there's virtually nothing between Alice Springs and the southern city of Adelaide a thousand miles away. I think there's about two or three reasonably sized towns on the way. Uh, so you can get an idea of the isolation of this town cool. I thought to, uh, because it's raining up here, reminded me of the Shearer's song uh, because the Shearers couldn't uh, shear sheep when it was raining, and so they'd adjourn to the huts and they'd play cards and they'd make up songs and they'd joke and carry on, and here's a song about shearers who were really working hard, they'd been working hard for a long time and they were hoping for them. rain because they needed that red sand. Well the weather has been slippery for a fortnight time or more, and the shearers have been driving by to stay more. And someone's got the pultury as ne'er done before And never has wishing for the trade The box is getting rusty, and the ring is caving in If the interest is aching with the pain And the second man in the will make it come for Unless we have another fall of rain. Well, oh, he would take a quarters of a coil up in their bus. When we're sure the weather's from the plane. And if the sheets get harder than a few more men Unless we have another suit oh, the bus is getting and the men are in the second man I feel, will make it jump for unless we have another wall of rain. The sky is falling and over and the thunder must loud and the clouds are threatening to over the plain. And I see the lightning flashing from the edge of your grass and I hear the jet- <laughs> <hear> thunder jet- <laughs> Oh, lad, get on your squabble, and let us do the hassle. And we'll gather round and have a friendly game. While some are playing music, and some must fancy, and some must gaze the output. Oh, the box is getting rusty, and the ring is caving in. If interests they can feel the day. And the second man, I fear, will make it tough for him. Unless we have another rain. Well, time is nearly up, but I'd like to thank uh, the local radio station in Alice Springs, 8HA, the manager, Ren Kelly, and my operator for this morning, Bob O'Sullivan, he has been very quiet while all this has been going on, because he's hasn't got a microphone. Sure. So now this is Banner Springs, in Alice Springs, in the heart of Australia. I'm hoping that you've enjoyed this traditional program of Australian folk songs, and I hope you can join me at the same time next week and I'll be back home again from Milton Studios, Radio Australia. Thank you, Dennis. Down the centre. Had a lot of rain up there this week. The Effectane Highway, between Alice and Aberlag, the Highway has been cut in several places due to heavy falls of rain. Many tourists during the school holidays have been stranded at okay, the Alice. This is Radio Australia transmitting the North America service to our studios in Melbourne on 7.295 MHz, 41.12 metres, and 9.58 MHz, 41.32 metres. The team, the time, in Eastern Australia, on Thursday evening, the 5th of September, is just our 21.30 hours.
1: belong to a credit union society in which you have a bond with some people maybe in your own neighborhood or where you work well we have one in the australian broadcasting commission which i've been a director for some years and that's how i come to be over here away from the uh, early bally of melbourne well now let's get down to work straight away now with uh, an answer to a letter from canada fd baxter b-a-x-t-e-r of 2304 oxford street vancouver 6 british columbia in canada Hello, Canada, and hello, Dale. You're a fairly new DXer, aren't you, Dale? You've asked, Dale, about our new listeners' club, but with report number four, which we've QSL'd, I think you're well on the way to qualify for membership. We've told you all about it in the letter anyway, Dale, and I want to thank you very much for telling us a bit more about yourself. Uh, You're 31, but because of an injury, you spent quite some time in hospital. In recent times, I was glad to learn that you're out and about again and enjoying your new hobby. But bad luck that your centers has had such bad calibration. And, and when they vary as badly as yours, Dad, because you told me about it, it's sometimes very hard to fix them. Uh, and I think you might have found that out already. You might have to save up hard for another one. But I hope the mail is catching up with you by now, Dale. Yep. D Baxter, B-A-X-T-R 2304, Oxford Street, Vancouver 6, British Columbia, in Canada. And we started our North American mailbag this week with one of our Canadian friends now down to columbus ohio in the states to say hello to fire captain harrison t west of 182 crestview road columbus thank you very much sir for your interest in our country and to satisfy your yen for knowledge or satisfy some of it anyway especially about our kangaroos we've sent you a pamphlet that will tell you quite a deal about this unique australian marsupial Uh, and please let us know of anything else that we can help you uh, with in with regard to information about Australia, or Australian things, or animals, flowers, whatever you like. From time to time we'd be delighted to hear from you. Welcome to our ranks, and I trust that our laughing bird continues to give you a hearty laugh. That was via Captain Harrison T. West, of 182 Crestview Road, Columbus, in the state of Ohio. Still in the US, and this time greeting an old pal, Lawrence Ward. Lawrence Wood of 183 Summer Street, Lewiston, up there in the state of Maine. Good to hear from you again, Larry. And I'm very glad to know that our package reached you safely. And I noted with interest that you shared the contents with some friends. Good for you. I wonder if Tim Billado at Dartmouth Street in Maine is uh, listening today. Maybe friend Duck's listening too. You've got me a little intrigued there, Larry. You refer to, um, Bailey Island. Now, uh, how do you get there from your place? Is it an island out from uh, uh, Lewiston, there in Maine? Or is it just a reference to a place that has joined, maybe, to the Maine? And I'd like to know a little bit more about it because you seem to enjoy your trips out there anyway. That was Larry Wood, my friend, Lawrence Wood of 183 Summer Street, Lewiston, Maine, in the US. And I can't remember how many years ago it is since I first called Larry in Mailbag. an old pal, indeed. Rob Harrington. Rob Harrington of 3181 South York Street, Anglewood, Colorado. 80110 in the US, yes. nice to be calling uh, Colorado, and I said I was puzzled when I read Mary's letter about Bailey Island, well here's another puzzle, I have here an attractive face card with a European scene, it's a cable car going up a great mountain, I'm just wondering is it a Swiss scene, and back there's a brief message from Rob asking for a new program guide and telling us to keep up the good work, now there you are. A European scene from an American listener asking us about more information about Australia, so there's a good mixture, a bit of a puzzle to me. We've sent you that programme guide, Rob, brought some tourist literature from here, just to maybe interest you in another part of the world, if you've been to Europe not so long ago. That was Rob Harrington, H-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N, Rob Harrington of 3181 South York Street. Englewood is spelt with an E. D N G L E W A B in Colorado State, 80110 in the U.S. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Daniel C. Ferguson of the Department of Mathematics, University of Miami, Carl Gables, Florida, double-three-one-two-four. Greetings, Daniel. It's almost a year since I first met you in mailbag. Is, and I think it might have been October last year. Uh, and uh, you possibly did yourself a very good turn buying that new receiver. You were having a, a deal of trouble, weren't you? And now you tell me you've uh, you've got good results in a short time with that new set. We've QSL'd that report, by the way, then. <laughs> you tell me that your antenna is a piece of wire eight meters long, just struck out, uh, uh, strung out, I should say, the uh, the bedroom window at your place, eight meters long. And then in another letter, then I've got two of them here. You tell us about. Uh, uh, your reception of Radio Nigeria and uh, ETLF in Ethiopia, who apparently spoiled our signal somewhat in your area anyway. Uh, those reports certainly are of value to us, and thank you very much, Dale, on behalf of our engineers as well as the program staff. I'm wondering how far, how far in time, uh, you're off your ambition to teach math in college somewhere. And you tell me you study your maths with music from Radio Australia. That sounds like a good recipe for study for me. All of this to you, Daniel. Daniel C. Ferguson, Department of Mathematics and the University of Miami, uh, Coral Gables. That's a, an attractive sounding spot, isn't it, in Florida? Coral Gables, Florida 33124 in the US. Here's a letter from Joseph Sancunas joseph sankunas of 274 south drive bridgewater in massachusetts hello joseph welcome to mailbag you've got a giant antenna in comparison with the one dan's got because yours is a 75 foot dipole antenna and joseph wants to hear us on the air more often well the program guide on its way to you and joseph will give you a rundown on all of our schedules not only the ones to the u.s but uh, right around the world good to hear from you good to have your company and i trust we'll uh, have you keeping in touch with us quite often, time to time. All the best to you, Joseph. Joseph San Kunis, F-A-N-K-U-N-I-S, 274 South Drive, Bridgewater in Massachusetts, in the US. Uh, here's Mr. Uh, contribution from Mr. G Chatterton, 42-4 stroke Colonial Avenue, Patterson, in the state of New Jersey. My word, I've got some brief notes today. Just that name and address, and the words, thought you would like this card on the back of this card. I, I do like it too, thank, thank you, you very much Mr. Chatterton. It's a, uh, let me describe it. It's a very bright card showing a pictorial map of New Jersey from which I can learn that their state flower is the Violet, uh, the capital of the state is Trenton, population of the state just over six million, their motto is liberty and prosperity, uh, their best known bird is the eastern goldfinch, best tree is the red oak, and New Jersey was the third of the original 13 states. How's that for a rundown on New Jersey? This is a wonderful card, and with its brief message, but I've heard quite a lot from it. And I see the Patterson's on the left too, Mr. Chatterton. Oh yes, will and truly. Mr. G. Chatterton, C-H-A-D-D-E-R-T-O-N, 42-4, Colonial Avenue Patterson, which is up in the northern part of the state of New Jersey, in the U.S. Thanks very much for that. Now, Charles C. Moose. M-O-S-E. Charles C. Mose, next letters from you, Charles. Uh, where's your address again? 219 Canal Street, San Rafael in California, where the zip code is 94901. And here's a gentleman who enjoyed listening to Radio Australia so much that he phoned us from the United States to tell us all about it. No, uh, I'm afraid I wasn't the one that was lucky enough to be around to answer that call, but I spoke to one of my colleagues who did get the call, and he got quite a shock, quite a surprise, I can assure you. And thank you very much for that thought, uh, Charles, and thank you for this letter, too. No, you don't have to get up at an unearthly hour to listen to this transmission to North America. Uh, I know you were listening in the wee small hours to some of our transmissions, but we've given you the correct times for California, or listening to Mailbag, it's all on the letter there, I won't repeat them because it might confuse other listeners in other parts of the states. Now, you should have received our letter telling you all about the Times too, listen, and I hope you did. And I know that you've heard our Pacific Isles transmission. And there are some other bits and pieces about Australia in the mail for you too, so Charles, I must move along there. Charles C. Mose, isn't it? Charles C. Mose, M-O-S-E, at 219 Canal Street. San Rafael in California, 94901. A letter here from Samuel Denlon, D-N-L-A-N, Samuel Denlon of 108 Miller Place, Mount Vernon in New York State, 1050. And I want to say thank you, Samuel, for the very fine letter that you wrote to our director, Mr. Peter Huntrey. And I was thrilled to have the privilege and pleasure of reading it i wish i had time to share all of your story with all my listening friends around the world especially over there in north america but i I want to tell you tell them parts of it and you don't mind me sharing it do you you first got to know australians a long time ago during world war one in your soldiering days and you tell me that you were with the british expeditionary force at 18 years of age and you went straight from the cotton mills of lancashire in england a little bit of training in Egypt, and then you found yourself in a landing in the Dardanelles. And uh, you were mixed with some of the Anzacs on that first night. And the next morning, you were feeling rather homesick, and I can understand that at 18, because that's the age that I went away in, the, in World War II. And, uh, uh, and then you were feeling very homesick and a bit sorry for yourself, I suppose, and an Anzac came up to you and asked you to have a cuppa. And that was a sort of a the turning point as far as you were concerned, because you didn't look back from that time on. And you've always been impressed with the friendliness of Australians since that time. Well, that's a lovely story. This is a very friendly letter. And uh, that gives us in Australia a warm, that sort of story, Samuel. We don't repeat it just to be patting ourselves on the back, but we like to know that we have friends around the world thinking of us in these terms. We've sent you a QSL for a good report and uh, some other literature that I think you'll enjoy as someone who's interested in Australia and Australians. All the best to you, Samuel. Samuel Denlon, D-E-N-L-A-N of 108 Miller Place, Mount Vernon, New York, 1050. You know, I- I'm not meaning to be reading a lot of letters that pat us on the back, but I must share this one with you today because it gave me such a thrill. It came from Walt McChrystal. Walt spells his name M-C, capital C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L. His address is 1418-Soul-Ross, Houston in Texas, 77006. And this is what Walt said to me. Uh, In a letter personally sent to me, he said, I wish to commend you on your programme of June the 9th. The tribute you paid to Robert Kennedy and the American people was muchly appreciated. Then he said, you have a wonderful manner in handling your programme, making each writer of a letter to the mailbag feel the personal touch and interest that you so graciously extend. Well, I'm starting to... uh, uh, you know get all red in the face reading those bits but then i want to tell what you did you went on to say i've had our sheriff cv master kern make you an honorary deputy sheriff of harris county texas and your card is enclosed and i'm handing it well that's what the letter said and i'm holding this card at this moment i'm even showing my technical friend outside because i am now a deputy sheriff it says here keith glover on the 13th day of june under the seal of the office of Houston, Texas became a deputy sheriff and I'm I'm greatly honored by that. Thank you ever so much uh, and I hope you don't mind Walt. I've uh, shown this to a few other friends here and I've got a little bit of publicity about it that reflects on Radio Australia and on our friendship with people in the United States and I'll try and send you a copy of that from one of our places later on. Thank you again Walt for all your kindness. Walt F. McCrystal, N C capital C H R Y S T A L of 1418 Sue Ross is S-U-L-R-O-S-S, Houston in Texas, double seven, double eight, 6 Oh, look at that clock. I've got another letter. Hello, Ellis. This is Ellis Hart at 429 River Hills Drive at Temple Terrace in Florida. 33617 in the U.S. Welcome to Mailbag, Ellis. And many thanks for all the kind things you said about the program. Now I'm still blushing as a matter of fact. Let Alice introduce himself. I want to quote from his letter. He says, uh, let me tell you a little about myself. I'm a growing boy of 13 years with loving parents and a smart little brother. <laughs> I live in a bustling metropolis. And then he goes on to tell me that Temple Terrace has a population of 7,000. It's about 10 miles northeast of Tampa. And you go to school there at Barclay Preparatory School. Uh, and uh, you've got many shortwave listening friends. Aren't you a lucky young man to have other friends who are interested in the same hobby? You do uh, make sure you watch out for the pasty, will you, Ellis? QSL cards and some other bits and pieces are on their way to you and my best wishes to you and to your loving parents and that smart little brother. I wonder what he does to make himself so smart in your eyes. (laughs) All the best to you, Ellis, and a good year at school, too. Ellis Hart, H-A-R-T, at 429 River Hills Drive, Temple Terrace, Florida, 33617. And this is Keith Lover hurriedly saying bye for now and until the same time next week. You're tuned to Radio Australia, the overseas service of the Australian Broadcasting Commission. Calling listeners in Canada and the United States of America on 11.71 megacycles, 25.62 metres, and 10.58 megacycles, 31.32 metres. <coughs>